People buy houses every day. No big deal to the bank. But buying my first home? That was a big deal to me. That's why I got my mortgage from DCU. They were with me every step of the way. I was able to get a great rate, and they'll service my loan for as long as I have it. Plus, they let me manage my mortgage online, anytime. My mortgage from DCU was the first step, and now, I'm home. What will DCU mean to you? Insured by NCUA, NMLS number 466914, equal housing lender, membership required. Visit dcu.org. Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch, from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. And hello, you are listening to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com and WorcesterMag.com and Unity Radio 97.9 FM in Worcester. I'm your host, Victor Infante, and I'm the entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette, and the content editor for Worcester Magazine, and a guy who really doesn't remember what he actually does at the newspaper. I feel like I walk into the office and just a bunch of random things get thrown at me. So, so long as you do it, you're fine. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they will trust, you know, whatever it is I do, I, I expect I'll be the janitor here next week, too. It, it's all <laughs> right, good. Right, right. It's all good. But um, I'm joined in the studio today, as always, by Worcester Magazine reporter Bill Shainer. How are you today, Bill? Oh, I'm doing just great. Hey, Victor, there's uh, the refrigerator's broken. Uh, wondering if you could just, you know, pull it out, see if it needs a new coolant tank. Or oh, something like yeah, that. I can do that. Okay, Definitely, cool. I'll do right, that after cool. the after we record. All right, great. Glad um, to hear it. <laughs> great. Yeah. No. Oh goodness gracious! This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. Enough about our lives. Um, we're here to talk about robots and buses, and if we're really lucky, somewhere down the road, robot buses. But that's right. an, that's another podcast. Yeah, that I don't know robot buses. It's it's could be a possibility. But anyway, yeah. So two things I wrote about today. Let's start with robots because that's that one's more fun. Yep. Uh, the Worcester Public Schools, and this is in my uh, Wisteria column, is uh, doing a new Doherty High School. And buried deep, 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 deep in the plans for the Doherty High School is a request for a salad-making or tossing robot uh, to accompany the uh, the staff of the uh, like the the lunch ladies to provide salads all day. So, a couple things wrong with this, in my opinion. Only a couple. <laughs> <laughs> a couple things wrong with this. Why, with all the needs in the Worcester Public Schools, are we trying to invest money in a salad-tossing robot? I have no idea. This really does not strike me as something that anybody has ever said is a priority to me. Now, I am out of the... I, I've, I've heard complaints and uh, wish lists and needs of the lunch in general in the Worcester Public School system. Yes. Uh, my wife did a came in and read poetry at one once and they got served, you know, what they were serving in the school lunches and she was kind of horrified <laughs> actually. I, I'm sure it's um, I'm sure it's not the best. No. Do I do you, but is a robot going to make it better? I would think I would think buying better food would do better than make by spending the money on a robot, but yeah. that's just me. And uh, this is how I framed it in my column is that why you know, we have Andrew Yang Making a presidential <laughs> issue out of the fact that automation is going to replace labor mm-hmm. over the coming decades, which I think is a good point to be stressing. Uh, 
And he uses the example of truck drivers because driverless cars, driverless trucks are coming, that sort of stuff. Robot buses. Robot buses, exactly. Here, we're bringing it right back. <laughs> Never would I think that this would first become an issue in Worcester for making salads. You know, because yeah. you can just hire a lunch lady. You can you just could, hire a lunch lady. You can hire a couple lunch ladies. You could hire a part-time lunch lady. You I, just I, bring in somebody who knows how to make a salad and have them make salads. Why do you need a robot? Yeah. It's really strange. I don't know. Like and somebody's going to come back with a dollars and cents argument somewhere. Well, yeah, but the dollars it, and cents argument. It between, strikes me as nonsensical. Right. The dollars and cents argument between hiring a real person to do a job that real people have done for millennia or a robot, which I don't trust to pick the nasty lettuce bits out of the salad. That is, that's a really good point. Now this also strikes me for, for if, have you ever watched the TV show good eats with Alton Brown? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a food science. He has a ongoing vendetta against anything in a kitchen that is a unitasker. Right. That it is meant for one purpose, and you can only really use it for that one purpose. Right. He's of the opinion that if it's in your kitchen, it should have multiple uses. Yeah, that, I'm, I can agree with that. This as is someone who cooks. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just strikes me as spending a significant amount of money, and we're on the theoretical stage. Nobody has approved this. Right. Um, but the idea is to spend a lot of money on something that has one mundane task. Right. Yeah, it's just spending a lot of money on something that can be accomplished and has been accomplished for many hundreds of years by a person with a knife, cutting board, and bowl. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know what we're even thinking about here. Yeah, and, and I mean, how 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 I mean, how far in the pro- budgeting process has is this robot made it so far? Uh, so this report has to be reviewed by the state. Okay. So it's I didn't mean it's like a thousand page report, but. They did so. The news, obviously, is that the the location Doherty High School location was approved. Yes, by the building committee. But what hasn't really been reported is that the location, as part of this entire substantial thousand page report, was proposed, was approved. So everything in that report was approved, including the salad tossing robot. So you could say is somebody getting robot salad tossing robot kickbacks on the other side? Of I this? I have a feeling that well they do work with a consultant and you okay. know you know how consulting yes I do yeah you know how that whole game works so uh, it's possible it's entirely possible honestly it's just a very strange thing in this world of of when schools have high needs that I mean what else is buried in that report. Exactly. exactly. And, and actually, you know, before people think we're picking on this report in, in particular, I have not read this report, so I, I have no idea what's in it. I've read summaries. I, I'm, I couldn't sit through and read the whole thing. But almost any budgeting report from a large municipality, and this is especially true of congressional report, congressional mm-hmm. budgets, right, are filled with strange things. I don't have examples in front of me. Yeah, but um, I back when I was a political reporter, reporter in California, I saw tons of them. Um, and how they get there is a mystery. They're strange. They're pork laden. They're, yeah, and then when you ask about them, they're like, oh, well, well, you know, and they have some sort of like somewhat rational answer. And for sometimes it. there is a rational excuse. Yeah, like yeah. I remember. Okay, here's one I remember. 
Um, I believe it was Republicans were flipping out about on the budget something about studying fruit flies in Hawaii. Okay. And it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But it had an enormous, like, they were, it was having an enormous ecological impact. Interesting. And, you know, there was actual People serious threats. from Hawaii with fruit flies. Yeah. And, yeah. and fruit flies, of course, you know, that it, it was, you know, I might be remembering this long, but it had a real, real, right. me- this is like 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it had a real impact. There was a reason for it. Right. You know, it was not just some random, random sop to somebody, you know, some one of somebody's constituent or somebody's, um, right. You know, backer. So sometimes there are reasons for these things that seem ridiculous on the surface. Yeah. And then you dig into them a little bit and you're like, oh, oh, that's real. Right. You know, maybe Marine Man would be like, yeah, we can't find a lunch lady that can make a good salad. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm having trouble finding ways to make this real. So, yeah. So right. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Who knows? Who knows? So I, I suspect we will be hearing more about the robots that are coming for our salad in the near future. Right. Um, especially now that this issue is out and somebody eventually will take a merge. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Right. That's to be expected. But, um, yeah, we want to know, we want to know, we want to know what's up with the robot. That's, that's what we want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a good reason. I don't know. Could be it's possible. Um, other things that there might be good reasons for, um, the bus. Yeah. Uh, fare free public transportation is a movement uh, around the country uh, and around the world, even Paris is looking at making the entire system uh, fare free. Which wow, is yeah. that, was that would that include the underground mm-hmm. metro wow. and Met- buses? Metro and buses. Wow, yeah. Because yeah, right. I, I when I was the couple times I've been in Paris, I spent a lot of money on on yeah subways and buses right, because right. I was broke and I was a college student. That was the only way I could get anywhere. Yeah, right. Uh, so they're they're thinking about making the entire system there fare-free. Uh, obviously, the news hook is that Kansas City just voted to, you know, they were like, it's going to cost $8 million to make our buses fare-free. Mm. Find $8 million and we're going to do it. Uh, so that, which is a very interesting uh and sort of extremely progressive for the like nightmare times that we're living in right now, policy to enact, uh, and especially at a, at a local level where you know like really actually bold uh, progressive policies don't come around too often, and especially aren't acted on. Um, and this happens while Worcester is itself somewhat examining the idea of making the WRTA. Fair free. The Chamber of Commerce is in support of it. The Worcester Research Bureau wrote a comprehensive report, which I quote liberally in the story. Uh, and they offered a comment being, you know, a little cagey, but saying it's time, basically saying that it's time to, to look at going fair free now that Kansas City just sort of up and did it. Um, and we have a surprise bedfellow in city councilor Gary Rosen. That what that is a bit of a about face. Yeah. So if you talk to him, he won't say that it's an about face. He has a he has a rationale for it. His oh, okay. rationale for it is that a few months ago he put on an order uh, that uh, w- effectively what he was asking was whether or not the WRTA is useless and should be defunded. And Worcester defunding the RTA would 
d- destroy it because mm-hmm. that's w- one of its biggest funding sources. Uh, and a lot of backlash on that. A lot of backlash from the calling it like possibly obsolete. A lot of bus riders got mad at him. So Gary Rosen uh, has come out in favor of the Fair Free Report. He's actively on the coalition of people pushing for it. Hmm. And yeah, and they did a, they, he was proud part of a bus riders event uh, this morning, actually. And he is an interesting, active booster of it now. So we are now saying that Gary Rosen is on the bus. Gary Rosen is on the bus for the bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So everything has changed. We are living in bizarro land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but this is this is how politics work, you know. Yeah. You know, sometimes you push back, and politicians will see a new perspective. Right, it can happen. Right, it can happen. And the fact is, I think there's a lot of things I find interesting about the fair free. I paid pretty close attention when it was when the news first broke, and um, I was listening to it on NPR and such. It's interesting because most people who use the bus are. They're either younger or have low incomes. Right. Right. And the interesting thing is people who have low income, when they are spending money on something like the bus, they are not spending it on something else. Right. So while the money is not going directly to the city, that money is going into the economy probably stronger. Right, right. So if I don't know, I don't think what is the how much how much money is spent on the bus in Worcester? In Worcester, uh, they raise annually two million. Two million in two to two to three million in in fair collection boxes. Okay, so, so they, they raise the way that it works is they raise about three million, but then they spend about a half million collecting it. Okay, yeah. that's that's so, about right. Yeah, right. So so. Instead of that, that's another, let's call it, $3 million into the city's economy. Right. Yeah, because the money's going to get spent And just way. like, you know, the reason, it's, the, it's the same argument where tax cuts for the rich, it doesn't trickle down because the rich don't spend any more money because they, they can already buy everything they want. Right. Whereas if you or I get an extra thousand bucks, that's going in groceries, that's going in the car, that's mm-hmm. go- <laughs> that's going in new phones. Exactly, exactly. You know, those that those that money so that money actually gets spent in the right. mostly in the community. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and that is an interesting an interesting angle to it uh for sure because uh it it's like sort of in terms of the total money that gets spent in Worcester every year, that's like it's, it's a drop. It's a drop, but it's, you know, it's it is a government approach to getting that drop to like thinking about that and in that sort of way, which I think is interesting. What I think is the probably the most positive long term effect of making it fair free is just getting more people using it, especially yes. when you think about like the sort of flashpoint uh, in history we're at right now where we are hurtling towards climate catastrophe. And we need to radically reorder the way that we yes. live. Yes. And public transportation is one of the best ways to do that. Anything that incentivizes people to use public transportation instead of driving is a good thing. Yeah. And especially as the population of the city is, does seem to be going up. Well, we're having a census mm-hmm. next year. So we'll, we'll get proof of that soon. It's going to be very interesting census. I think it's going to be a very interesting census. Yeah. Um, will we still be the second largest city in, Mass- in New England? I think we might be. But we might be, yeah. Because I think our pro- the, the sense is that our population is going up. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's mid mid midterm data to to uh, to boost that too. Yeah, where I don't know if that's necessarily true of Hanover or Providence. Right. But um, what's interesting is a lot of these, you know, and I've had this conversation with people over and over again, where one of the reasons they don't or one of the hurdles that people moving here, they're moving from Metro West, they're moving here from Boston. Yeah. Um, a lot of those people don't drive. Right. They right. take the train everywhere. Yeah. So that becomes a hurdle in moving here if if getting around the city is difficult. Right. And right now, if I was someone who was used to Boston public transportation, I I would be I would not move here. Yeah. Not no, because Worcester is the kind of city that if it had a good bus and people were using it, it would be an easy city to get around on by bus. Yeah. The, uh, the major centers of where you want to go are not actually all that far from each other. No, no. It it wouldn't it would be very easy. Unfortunately, we're at a point right now where after, you know, just like years of just brutal austerity every year deciding what has to go as less money is coming in from the city and from the state and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the bus, some buses on some routes run like once an hour. It's completely unacceptable. Like in, in terms of like providing a bus service, like that's like, that's just insane. You know, it, it, if it's going to be something that people rely on, uh, to, for like when they when people have a choice between a car and a bus and the bus would be easier if you could get on the bus every 10 20 minutes mm. that's where that's what we're looking at here and we're nowhere close to that honestly so I, i'm actually amazed it's every hour to tell the truth i yeah. actually i i suspect on a lot of a lot of routes it might actually be it's possible it might be longer yeah. longer yeah but i don't know i'm i'm a californian i admit i i live yeah. in my car right right I, I can't i i i know i'm i do as i say not as i do yeah <laughs> and that's gonna be a tough worcester's a worcester's a driver's city for sure yeah. so but in order to become this sort of dense city we want to be that you have to have areas of the city that are impossible to navigate with a car yeah that have to be you know you either walk to or take a bus to yeah or you know something like that so that is i think one of the something that public transit could accomplish faster than any other facet of civic life uh is if people are like oh i can get down to green street on a game day without driving and yeah. having it being a huge disaster. I can just, you know, wait for 10 minutes and I'm there in five minutes and I can take a wait for 10 minutes, take a bus back. Uh, people are going to make that choice. Oh eventually. yeah. And if it's, if it, the bus is free, they're going to make that choice a lot faster. They'll make that, that, that they will make that choice a lot faster. And it's yeah. also the question of how late it runs. I still, one of my problems of taking the train to Boston for a show is I'm not entirely sure I'll be able to catch that last bu- train back to Worcester. Yeah, I know. The last train back to Worcester is like 12. Yeah. yeah. And it got, you know, I was looking at one Wednesday or a week ago or, week ago or so when I was at the Boston Music Awards. And um, I'm like, eh, the f- I can maybe catch that last train if if I'm lucky. Yeah, right. Lucky and if I, you know, I don't. If I don't want to leave early, you know, I'm kind of gambling. So I was like, yeah, I'll just take the car. Yeah, right. And I, you know, got lucky. I can park. You know, there's. I got lucky being able to get decent parking down there. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just weird. It's just you know, I, I, I frust. I know. I know this is an issue. I need to get past. Right. Because I am such a car person. Yeah, and I mean, so that the 
the the the cudgel here is you, you're there's never we're never going to change the minds of certain people. Yeah, they're just going to be carved. It's like being a, it's like vegetarianism. Okay, I would yeah, like yeah. I know I should have more days in my week at least that are purely vegetarian. Sure. You know, especially considering my age and my weight and my health. I should do that. I know I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Because when I get home and I cook dinner for myself and my wife, I know I'm reaching for the protein first. Right, right. Every time. Yeah. Even without thinking about it. You know, that is the first step I do on deciding what I'm making for dinner that night. Mm -hmm. But... yeah, you know, think if you want to think about it generationally in the long term, you have you have kids uh, that get used to taking the bus around Worcester mm-hmm. before they can drive. If they can get on for free, they're going to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Kids are one of the, the major people that are going to get on for free if they can, uh, and then they grow up knowing that they can take the the number five bus. Uh, you know, they they know the bus. Mm-hmm. They and that's uh, you talk to any old timer in Worcester, Gary Rosen included. That's how they used to get around. Oh yeah, before we sort of gutted a lot of Worcester to make way for car infrastructure. Mm. Uh, that the bus was the way to get around. Uh, we've since you know sort of sabotaged the bus. You know we can get into Reaganism and all that, but uh, the. The bus used to be the way to get around, and it could be again. Well, there's something to look forward to. I think yeah. it's going to be a really interesting discussion in the months to come. All right. We're going to take a brief musical interlude, and we'll be back in a bit with Craig Seaman to talk about Ricky Duran and The Voice. Russian Roulette by DJ Manipulator. You might recognize it because it's the song that we derive our theme song from. That's got the same beat. That's where that's where he pulled the beat from. 
so it's pretty cool. Um, DJ Manipulator, you can listen to his new mixtape, The Soviet Tape, online, or you can also listen to his podcast, The Just Records Podcast, which has some fantastic music, much of which you will probably never hear anywhere else. It's really good. So, we are joined in the studio now by a man who has had the been our embedded correspondent in The Voice. <laughs> you have been on the Ricky Duran beat for the past couple months. Yes, I think it's uh, two weeks and uh, two months and a week. So. And can I can I commend you that we managed to get through two months and a week of of this coverage without actually making a Duran Duran joke anywhere? Well, it's funny you say that. Yeah, actually, you want to know something? I never thought of that. And it's funny because John Lundgren early on the show ca- uh, broadcast said, "Ricky Duran, what a great name for a." <laughs> voice contestant or a pop star. And, uh, yeah, I did not touch any Simon Bond jokes or anything like that. And yeah. actually, I didn't even think to. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. It's <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I didn't actually occur to me until today, tell the truth. It's like, well, it's I, funny because I, the Ricky Ricardo jokes are the ones <laughs> that I want to do simply because that's the only other Ricky I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't... <laughs> that's just not funny, though. <laughs> but, anyways, but no, um, Ricky Duran, um, for those who don't know or have been under, under a rock somewhere... Um, was of is a Western musician, um, fixture of the scene, um, both as a solo artist and with the band Blue Light Bandits. Um, I have written about him several right. times. And um, he had a phenomenal run on The Voice. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about all that? Yeah, well, uh, f- uh, fan favorite Ricky Duran did do a great run on The Voice, but unfortunately then not enough to uh, win on the NBC popular music competition. He came in second. I honestly thought he had a one when it came down to the top two because I did not think uh, the guy won. Uh, Jay, I, we gotta we gotta realize up front, the four finalists all are great singers. They yes. all can sing. So it's if it you get to this point, you have yeah, technical yeah. Skill. So it's it's it might be a question of preference. Uh, I thought it was gonna be between Ricky and Katie Caden, the one with the the glasses. And Katie Caden was the favorite going in. Uh, oh, I didn't like realize almost that. Every, almost every voice fan site had her pegged as the winner. And, and actually, uh, we'll get into the iTunes shots later, but she had the number four ranked song for her original song, All Better, and number eight for what I think is the worst Aerosmith song ever recorded, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Yeah, um, that is terrible, isn't it? I I mean, my teeth hurt every time I hear that song. I mean, it's a Diane Warren surface. People love it. It's a, it was uh, a number one smash hit. But when I heard, you know, Katie's going to come out with an Aerosmith song, I got very excited, and it's like, oh, of all the songs. <laughs> well, you know, it's the voice. It's not going to be love in an elevator. Well, well that's a, that's the thing. I mean, I would I would have loved to hear "Walk This Way" or "Toys in the Attic," anything. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, and that's another th- uh, inherent problem with the show. Sure. Uh, which we'll I'm sure we're going to get into a brief uh, soon enough. Is that uh, it's not a rock and roll show for one thing. No, in fact, actually, rock musicians on this and American Idol are generally kind of. Um, Handicapped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, usually the audience, the, audi- the audience for these shows is largely country, correct? Based. Um, th- you know, they are fans of contemporary country. Right. They are people. You know, it does well. It plays better 
in rural states than right. it does urban areas. And it looks like the country fans actually really go out and to they vote. They, they come out and they vote. Yeah. And that, much like in real life, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they do vote. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, rock has never done yeah. as well on these shows, um, even act like Daughtry. Right. He finished fourth, I believe, or yeah. fifth. And he's American Idol, yeah, yeah, multiple millions of records. Well, and, and which, of course, will get to, uh, brings us yeah. to another part. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, and I'll tell you the truth, uh, I, I've never really watched The Voice before Ricky joined it, and uh, looking at the winners of uh, of The Voice in the past, uh, I've never heard of really any of them. I mean, we except had, for Alison Porter, of course, course. Alison <laughs> Porter, lovely Alison Porter, Alison Porter, of course, Worcester native, Worcester native, who won the Voice a couple of years back. Yeah, I ran into her father last week at the Adam uh, Lambert show. Adam Lambert, who should have won, the, uh, he came Ameri- in second American in his season Idol. with David Cook, as I recall. Yeah, and uh, and I was uh, asking her father, well, can we expect a sequel to Curly Sue anytime soon? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for those out there, Allison, uh, a long time ago in the 80s, made a movie called Curly Sue, which you probably heard of. Which no, you- no. Nobody outside of this city has heard of that movie. Uh, I'm sorry. Which is bougie. Honestly, goodness the whole like that drove me crazy was it a john hughes movie no it wasn't a john hughes movie no he didn't have a connection on producer or something i could be wrong but i don't think so nobody cared nobody saw it (laughs) it was it was a dud it was not a just giant hit it wasn't no it was was an average movie it was not a it was not a major and it's just so funny because like i remember like everybody when you come to worcester because allison's from here yeah everybody talks it up like it's this (laughs) <laughs> was this giant monumental? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, it's, I, uh, I love it. I, you know, I haven't seen it. I love Allison. I love her yeah. music, but no. If you love the Godfather, you'll love Curly Sue. So, yeah, <laughs> sometimes sometimes Worcester can get kind of a warped perspective on <laughs> th- how how things work sometimes. <laughs> but uh, Ricky, sorry, is, that's a no, rant. that's okay. We're we're going on. Ricky uh, is a Grafton native. Yes. Uh, although he continuously says his hometown is Worcester, which is fine. He's played in Worcester enough. Yeah. He's definitely... But I think a, he was actually lived here for a while. I, uh, I'm quite, I'm still questioning that. I, I think he was living in shoes. But, yeah, but, nobody but, actually but, really but, cares. But, it's but, close but enough. That's it's, fine. A, it's a border town. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I, I think he did solid. I mean, he probably brought more guitar to the show. Yeah. Playing. And as if you talk to his three lovely sisters... Uh, um, that live in Millbury and uh, Shrewsbury, and his teachers from Grafton High School. They will say if the show was called The Guitar, he would have won it hands down. Oh yeah, and 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 and, and he's a better guitarist than involved. Well, and that's that's a point I made. I've made a couple times online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of doing like shadow commentary on the <laughs> on the Womag web uh, Facebook page throughout, but um. Uh, many people I talk to, including including Sam James, who yeah. he's friends who also competed on The Voice and Compete who he's friends voice, with, yeah. um, pointed out. I think Sam was the first one to point it out. It's like I, I hope he gets far enough in the show because he can to play guitar right. because he's a better guitarist than he is a singer. And, right. uh, and that wasn't an insult to a oh, singer. No, 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 no. That's I, just I, how phenomenal and of everybody a guitarist said that. is. I mean, that was considered talking to the sisters. Uh, that's his secret weapon. Yeah. If he pulls that out, and the best time he put it out was uh, Albert King, Born on a Wrong Side. Yeah, that was which, good. Which, to me, was his best performance. Yeah, the whole I think thing. so, too, actually. And uh, I thought 
Oh, I almost said a bad word. I thought that almost could have won it for him. And I mean, seconds nothing. I mean, I thought. Uh, I personally, I thought he had better stage presence than uh, 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 Jake mm-hmm. Hoot. I thought Jake Hoot, great voice. Lump on the log, doesn't move. Ricky is a dynamic performer. He has the look of a pop star or even a rock star. He carried his own with Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, also one of my favorite, also one of the great blues guitarists playing today. Exactly. And uh, one of my favorite musicians of the year, easily. So absolutely. I'm very and, excited by that. And also, uh, when he uh, uh, paired up with Blake, Shelton, his celebrity coach, I thought Blake looked <laughs> out of place playing guitar next to Ricky. I mean, they, they sang well together, but it was like Blake's just doing these, uh, yeah, you know, rhythm uh, backwards. And, uh, Blake, Blake Shelton is an average guitarist. Yeah. He is not I think bad. He would, I think he would say that. Yeah, he can hold his own, but he couldn't He's hold He's a good songwriter, own. actually. Yeah. But he, has a, he plays good. You know, he, he, he uses what he uses well, but he is not in Ricky's league. Right. When it comes to act, comes to actually playing guitar, absolutely. In fact, nobody on the only for like straight up instrumental musicianship, the only one in that panel that is better at playing instruments that would I be John, would right? be John Legend. Yeah, John Legend. You know, I've seen John Legend play piano, and yeah. it is spellbinding. And he's an egon. <laughs> yeah, and he's an egon. <laughs> yeah. And now he's the sexiest man in the world, which they were making fun of uh, the other night. But of course, of course. But, you know, it's... it's sexiest man alive. I'm sexiest sorry. man alive. <laughs> I don't know what the at difference least, is. At least it's not Matthew McConaughey again, <laughs> you know. But, no, it's... um. But, no, it's that's the thing. I mean, Ricky is playing a different game, and I think that's really important yeah. to take away from this. Right. Um, a lot of people... And I won't name names, but a lot of people who have won The Voice or American Idol have felt themselves constrained right. by the contracts that they yeah. that they that comes with that title, you know. And that's why you, since Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood, you really have not seen a lot of the winners doing phenomenally. I mean, we've had Scotty, Scotty uh, McCreary, but doing okay, it, okay, Fantasia yeah. doing okay, okay. But, but other than that, I but mean, they're not really superstars. No, you, you no, the only two superstars is Kelly. And, uh, yeah, Kelly. now people that have come close: Adam Lambert, yeah, Daughtry, he, he's amazing. Um, Jennifer Hudson, yeah. Um, those are people that that their careers have done well, and there's something to be said for maybe second is the best place you can be. Yeah, and, and seeing Ricky's reaction and hearing a little what he has said, I we haven't got him on the. I don't think we've got him on the phone yet. No. Uh, that's probably in the cards shortly. But uh, Ricky sent uh, sent out a nice tweet and said, you know, great things are going to be coming, more music, and Ricky's reaction was not one of despair or heartbreak no. he actually looked very thrilled to be second and looked very even more thrilled for uh his uh for jake than jake did jake <laughs> it took a moment for jake to take it in but we'll be seeing jake at indian ranch sometime in the near future <laughs> just like all the other country singers that come out of the, the shows. that's true but uh yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and another thing uh, and because we both know ricky's background and we're not well versed with others people back. That's true. Uh, American Idol and my biggest uh, problem with American Idol in the voice is that it gives this false notion that an overnight sensation 
happens overnight. No, it's, yeah. It's years, decades of working in the trenches. And being able to play for two to three minutes is not the same as being able to play two to three hours in a club. It's true. And we know Ricky has oh, yeah. that experience. Exactly. And, and shows. lots of it. Yeah. I mean, how many people said, from John Legend to Blake, how many people said, you shouldn't be on the show. You should be already a recording star. You should already be selling out places. All right. mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean... The accolades he was getting were almost <laughs> embarrassing because they were so incredible. And 98% of them he rightfully deserved. I don't see the Springsteen <laughs> connection that they brought up. No, I think style-wise, I get it. Yeah, but so, I mean, Ricky is his own man. And Ricky yeah. is is fabulous. And uh, Not to use a word like that, but, uh, but he's going to go places. And I think... Uh, you know, what, April, he won the Pulse Music Award, I think, for Best Male Vocalist yeah. last year. So it's been a good year. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> those are the two things you want. You want yeah. a Worcester Music Award, and yeah. then you want to be on The Voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a strange um, kind of journey that's yeah. happened right there. And it's so funny. But, yeah, as you say, you know, over the, I remember when I first... When I interviewed Sam James when he was off, when he got right. voted off The Voice, um, he made a really good point that has always stuck with me since. Um, it's These shows are just another tool for the artist. Right. Whatever you are going to, it is something that you use to take you to the next place in your right. journey. And... I have a sense, and I know Ricky well enough. I'm not, we're not super close, but I know him right. well enough to know that that is how his brain works, too. Oh, I think, yeah, that's safe to say. And I see a lot of musicians go onto these shows, a lot of young singers, and that is not where they are. Yeah. They, are, they, they go on, and they've got the talent, but they aren't ready. Right. Oh, yeah, there's an awful lot of raw talent on that stuff, and he, yeah. he has polished talent. Yeah, he's, he's got polished talent, but he's also got sense. Oh, yeah, he definitely has he's not. He 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 knows he knows the industry. He's not. Yeah. He is not going to be like lured away by every shiny object. And, and, and as we mentioned several times before, this guy first and foremost is a great guitar player yep. and a good singer. And he had and he realized he perceived, hey, I can do well. People can know me on the voice. Yeah, <laughs> and he did a great job. Yeah, exactly. No, and, I and, have. And he didn't get into the guitar playing into the fourth or fifth album. Yeah, which was smart. Yeah, well, because that's I, where you're looking for something different. Which I, I, I don't talk to the sisters. I don't think he had much say on that either. But no, you get it's on a guitar-driven show. You real and and there was no chance. And he's also an original songwriter. And there was no chance in the world we were going to see original songs. No, they, no, they. I think that, I saw that on American Idol once. The original song that they did was all provided by oh, other absolutely. writers. Yeah, it was new, it's more of a new song than original. I think it was a Lady Antebellum writer yeah. on there. Yeah. They, they, they flashed it so quick. In fact, actually, last year, Sam James was one of the writers on one of the songs that was performed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's had a good year, too, because yeah. you know, with songs for Dolly oh, Parton and Debbie Rexa, you know, yeah. doing all right there. But So, yeah, it's what you use it for right. as a tool. And I think, I mean, I think we have every confidence that Ricky Duran's coming out of this, you know, in a good place, with yeah. a bright future ahead of him. I'm really, you know, I hate to predict the future because that's always asking for trouble, but 
you know. National, national anthem at the Polar Park. <laughs> I see that. I see that. Um, I think we just might. I'm um, going to make an appeal right now to the city. But <laughs> the first time we're throwing out a pitch, I think it needs to be Ricky Duran. Yeah, it looks like he could throw a good pitch. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but what I'm saying is the first time the first time we have somebody in for the national anthem, it should be Ricky. I think we should. Yeah, do yeah that. I think that would be. A good I one. think we need to start a campaign yeah. here. It's a stupid campaign. Well, it's, well, it's, but well, this is what we do on this podcast. <laughs> We make stupid podcasts. Well, it's not even a campaign. You know, we're the two most powerful people in this room at the moment. It, it's happening. Ricky's two of the three most important people. Uh, Ricky's going to throw the first pitch and sing the national anthem. And Ricky, uh, what a great Christmas uh, holiday present to everybody here. You did well. You 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 uh, brought pride to Grafton and Worcester, and we're all proud of you. Excellent. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, I think that about sums us up. All right. You have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com or WorcesterMag.com or Unity Radio 97.9 FM or possibly just reverberating through the, through the wires in your wall. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. We'll be back as soon as we can.